1: Terms and conditions apply.
2: What's going on, and welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sallerson. It was a big day for the Pelicans yesterday, acquiring CJ McCollum, Tony Snell, and Larry Nance Jr. from the Portland Trail Blazers. I'll go over the trade in just a second, but also we can't forget about the Pelicans earning their fourth straight victory, defeating the Houston Rockets for the second time in three days, one ten. To ninety-seven, We have a great show for you today. Joining us is Antonio Daniels, television analyst for Valley Sports New Orleans. And of course, Jim Ikenoffer of Pelicans.com joins me as always. AD, we're all feeling good right now. Four-game winning streak. Some new players coming in. Uh, It's a good time right now for the Pelicans. How are you?
0: It is. I'm good. Um, It's a great time for the Pelicans. Uh, You love the way this team is playing. Um, there was a great opportunity to for us to be talking about a five-game winning streak, um, that one getaway in Cleveland. But you followed that up with some some good wins and a really, really big win in, in Denver. Um, but this team's playing well, and with every the energy that is surrounding this team, like as a Pelican fan right now, you should
2: be really excited. Absolutely. Jim, I'll get to your thoughts in a second, but let's start with the trade yesterday, and I'll finalize what went down. So I mentioned the three players that are coming to New Orleans, shipping out. From New Orleans to Portland is Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Didi Lozada, and Thomas Adaranski, a first-round pick, and two second-round picks in the future. So, A.D., when you first heard about the news with the trade, of course, the big name in that is C.J. McCollum. Of course, all three pieces mm-hmm. are very important for the Pelicans. What was your initial reaction on the Pelicans acquiring those three guys from Portland?
0: Well, my, my initial reaction was um, knowing C.J., knowing C.J.'s skill set, Um, And what he's capable of doing offensively was obviously excitement. Because when you look at the way Brandon Ingram's playing, when you look at the um, insertion of Jackson Hayes into that starting lineup at the four spot, this is a completely different basketball team. Um, But then the human side, the human element, um, when you look at the relationships that, You've had an opportunity to develop with Josh Hart and with uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker to see those guys and understand that those guys will no longer be a part of this organization or in practice or uh, in brunch and it, it sucks. There's a human element involved to the trade deadline that people don't grasp the concept of. Um, when I walked in the shoot around yesterday, Josh came up and gave me a hug and just thanked me for all the things that I have said about him. and. Um, I have, a, I have a love and appreciation for guys like Josh Hart, guys that can impact the game in so many different ways to see the improvement from the guy he was when he came in this league to where he is now. And I know the feeling that Nikhil has, where it's like, you know what, you're a young player, this is all you know, all you know is New Orleans and, and this culture, and now you kind of have to start over. In a sense, you kind of feel like this team is giving up on you but as opposed to looking at the other side of this thing, which is someone sees something in you. So I I, I grasp the concept of both sides, but I would be hard pressed to not be excited about what the Pelicans are getting in C.J. McCollum, his ability to score, his ability to put him in and pick and roll situations with Zion, with B.I., with Jonas, with Jackson Hayes.
2: Um, and, and to pair that along with the other guys on this roster, I'm extremely excited. Jim, what about you when you first saw the details of the trade and the guys that were coming over from Portland? Uh, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it was kind of a gradual build towards first hearing. You know, I don't know how long ago it was, a week or two, that C.J. McCollum might be a possible acquisition to starting to hear about it a little bit more and starting to think, man, maybe this is possible. I mean, I'll be honest. I When I first heard about it, going back to whenever the first rumor came out, I didn't think it was realistic that they could get him just because, I mean, you you figure it's going to take a lot to get a guy like this. And there's teams around the league that want him as well. And I mean, you're competing against everyone when it, maybe not everyone, but there's a series of teams that are all in the running for somebody like him. So I was, I was ecstatic when I heard that the trade was finalized and that they were getting him just because I know the combination of how great of a player he's been. He's been one of the players I've respected throughout his career he and Damon Lillard, I feel like I have the utmost respect for what those guys have done in Portland. And I knew not only what he can do, but he, to me, he's exactly what the Pelicans needed. If you look right. at some of the shortcomings and weaknesses that they've had this season. So, um, I, I just, I mean, I, to be, to be honest, I think I was a little bit, it was a little hard for me to believe at first. It was kind of one of those things where, I mean, we were busy getting ready for a shoot around and getting ready to, to write and getting ready for the day. And, um, it it almost took an hour or two for me for it to even sink in, in my head of like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they actually did this and he's actually coming to new Orleans. But so that was basically the way I initially reacted to it. One thing I wanted to quickly say to add to what AD was just talking about, as far as the human part of it, I think the average person who has, you know, you know, nine to five jobs, we're, we're all used to when you change a job, you, you give two weeks notice and you have two or three weeks. And I think, to kind of compare it or something that people can relate to when you change jobs and you have two or three weeks notice, you're like, man, I can't believe how am I going to get all this stuff done in two weeks? And it's like, think about if you have a day or two and you have to get 48 hours. The so it's just 48 hours, right. It's so it's, it's, it is hard to wrap your head around the idea that, you know, on Tuesday you could be in new Orleans and on Wednesday night, you're in Portland after you took a five hour flight and your whole life has been, Uprooted, so I get that part of it. I think it's something that is not something that the average person really ever um, has to contend with. We we always have a much longer interval before we have to change everything about our lives. I will say this: I saw Jim
0: yesterday when I got to the arena um, a few times, right? Mm-hmm. And every time I saw Jim, whether it was actually in the arena or in the cafeteria, or walking in the hallway. He had the biggest smile on his face.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He had the biggest smile on his face. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and he's generally a happy guy. I, I get it. I get it. I understand it. But there was a different aura around Jim Eichenhofer yesterday <laughs> than I've seen in, in the past, to say that, yeah. to say
1: the least. I think that's I, accurate. I This is the most excited I've been about a trade, maybe the entire time I've been here, which I think speaks a lot to... Just as I said, the respect that I have for McCollum, not only just a great player, but everything I've heard about him from he's fantastic. He's he is. Portland is a great guy and just has has everything together in order off the court. And is just somebody I think people are really going to love here. So immediately, I think people will will take to him.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, before we get into it, I do want to mention Josh and Nikhil being at the arena last night. But before I do that, I do want to kind of get to C.J. McCollum. First, versus second, 80. I just want you to kind of explain from a basketball standpoint, you mentioned how he can compliment guys like Zion, B.I., and Jackson Hayes. Mm-hmm. For those that really don't know too much about him, again, they play on the West Coast a lot, hard to stay up and watch as a West Coast. And what can we expect from a skill set purpose for a guy like C.J. McCollum?
0: He's a certified bucket getter. That's what he does. He scores. You think about it. Over the last seven years, he has averaged 20-plus points per game for seven straight seasons. That's not an easy thing to do. When you start looking at guys that have done that, that is a very small sample size. You're talking about the LeBron Jameses, the Steph Curry's, the James Harden's, the Kevin Durant's of the world. So what you're getting in CJ is what this league is all about. You wanna put guys on the floor who opponents have to honor. So Brandon Ingram's always looking at a man and a half, sometimes two guys. You know, Jonas Valanciunas, sometimes when teams choose to double him, he's looking at a man and a half, sometimes two guys. When Zion comes back, he's looking at two, two guys every time he touches the basketball. So what you wanna have out there is someone on that floor that other teams are saying, look, yes, that's Brandon Ingram, yes, that's Zion Williamson, but we have to be concerned with CJ McCollum's ability to score that basketball. And Griff touched on this last night during our, our broadcast interview with him. It's not just ability to score, it's also his ability to facilitate. There were times where Damian Lillard was out the lineup, and C.J. McCollum was that starting point guard. Just the ability to be able to play different ways. One night I can go out and get you forty. The next night I can go out and get you fifteen assists. I, I am I am truly excited to see how his skill set complements and blends with that of Bi, with that of Zion, with that of Jackson at the four, um, Jonas at the five. I, I'm with Jim here. I'm yep. with Jimmy. It's very rare about this time of the year, do I really get excited? You know, there are a lot of minimal moves that happens where things that that don't really set teams apart, but I honestly feel like even though this team has been playing well, 21 and 20 over their last 41 games, and that's with Zion not playing in one game and BI missing some of those games. So this team has been playing well, but what we saw transpire yesterday as a Pelicans fan gives you a huge reason to be excited moving forward. Let me touch on something really fast, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Jim just brought up something. There is a narrative out there about players that don't want to play in New Orleans, right? There's a narrative out there. It's a national media narrative that, oh, you know what, guys don't want to play in New Orleans. Small market, blah, 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 fill in the blank. What you saw last night was a clear cut indication of what a culture change looks like. I have been traded, I have seen guys that have been traded. I have played on teams where guys have been traded away and not once throughout my 13 year NBA career have I ever seen what I saw happen last night. I have never seen guys get traded and then that night show their respect and support for their brothers in arms, even though they know that that next day they have to get on a plane and fly elsewhere. I don't wanna hear guys don't wanna play in New Orleans anymore. That is the biggest piece of nonsense I ever heard. You had two guys yesterday and Nikhil Alexander Walker and Josh Hart that were hurt about being traded from new Orleans, not to new Orleans from new Orleans. So I give credit to one David Griffin and Willie green coach, Willie green for starting to change the culture here in new Orleans, because what it's becoming is a part and a culture that guys want to be a part of.
2: It's a great, Great explanation. A2. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was one of my questions I was going to bring up. And, and Jim, if you want to elaborate, I mean, the fact that one, Josh Hart was in the Brandon Ingram jersey showing his support. Right. You're right. I have never seen that before. But also during the game, after game, every single one of those teammates and coaches went to say their goodbyes, even though they had a chance to say their goodbyes at shoot around facility. But the fact that they came, Nikhil stuck around for 10, 15 minutes after the game to say goodbye to fans. I mean, 80's right. The culture has certainly changed, and it starts up top, but it trickles down to the the players that David Griffin and and Willie Green and Trajan Lane have been able to acquire. Just last night went beyond the win. It was just everything that surrounded it, I thought really should get Pelicans fans excited.
1: Yeah, I think I remember from day one a couple years ago, David Griffin talked about how one of the things that he was going to focus on was getting high-character guys. And we've seen just from dealing with everybody and talking to all the players – these last two or three years that he's very much followed through on that, that you, you have a lot of guys that are great to work with and easy to deal with. And because of that um, they've been really good teammates and they've developed a bond with each other. And then Willie green, I think just the positivity that he's brought yes. the, the atmosphere that he's yes. brought to the locker room and the team. I mean, you add all that up together and you have something that as AD mentioned, who played in the league for a long time, none of us have ever seen as far as a, a guys get traded and they're sitting courtside and they're there rooting on the team. So I think that's one of the, that's the biggest reason why, I mean, if you look at like the videos that people posted and the tweets from last night that kind of recapped and showed that scene, why all that stuff took off because I think it resonates with people to see, you know, kind of that genuine, you know, love for love. each other. And so it was, I was stunned by that because I mean, it's just, not, I, I didn't even, when, when someone asked if I had ever seen that before, I was like, I didn't even, I don't think I've ever even considered that happening. Like Me you, neither. Just, you just assume like, okay, the guy gets traded, he's out the door, he's going to leave. So that was really cool to see. Um, but it, to, to kind of go back to um, some of the things that 80 talked about with the trade and w- with CJ McCollum, I, I had to write down a couple notes because you covered so much ground, but one of the things that. Uh, You you mentioned I was trying to do the math and I was not a math major, but I was thinking if you have about three or four guys that need a a defender and a half and you have another guy who needs two, some of these offenses or some of these defenses that play against the Pelicans, I think if I add it up, it's about six and a half or seven defenders. So I think that bodes well for uh, a team that can only put five guys on the floor of how dangerous their offense is going to be when you. Okay, wait, okay, wait, wait, your (laughs) math is wrong. (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> the math is wrong. I'm gonna tell you that right now. What I'm referring to is when a guy actually has the ball. <laughs> I understand. You know I mean? So, a man in a half, or is, is it, yeah, I understand that it's not five on nine. I can offer. <laughs> I understand that's not how it works. No, but I, I yeah. So, when B.I. has the ball, he's in and I don't know how many times throughout the course of a broadcast over the past three years of doing this that I've talked about this. It's certain mm-hmm. times where I have frozen the screen on the teleprompter or telestrator, excuse me, and said, look at everybody's eyes. All 10 eyes are on Brandon Ingram. All 10 Mm -hmm. eyes are on Zion Williamson. What you want is someone where maybe those 10 eyes go to eight eyes. Maybe Mm -hmm. those 10 eyes go to six eyes. And you know what that means? That means B.I. is looking at more space. Zion's looking at more space. Jonas is not looking at a double team. So when you bring it, that's what this league is all about now. Putting the ball in your best player's hands and surrounding that best player with guys whose skill set complement what they do well. That's why it's very important for guys like Herb Jones to learn how to cut off the ball, to not just become a spot-up shooter, to mm-hmm. add other facets to your game. Because you're gonna have to learn how to play off of Brandon Ingram. You're gonna learn how to play off of Zion. A part of that is growing your own individual game, knowing where your shots are coming
1: from and how to move and give these guys the space and opportunity. They need to be stars. And, and to be clear, I wasn't I wasn't questioning or second guessing your <laughs> analysis at it. all. I was actually trying to... <laughs> we're just second guessing your math. I didn't do <laughs> a clear all. job of this. I was actually trying to kind of back up the point that you were making right, in terms right. of like how much more difficult it's going to be for defenses when you have for sure. so many guys that you have to account for when everybody's back on the, on the floor. I mean, this team is really dangerous offensively. And I mean, they've, I talked about this last night with Daniel on the post-game radio show, as much of a turnaround as the Pelicans have made from the beginning of the season, it's obvious. I mean, they've made up so much ground in the standings They're three games over 500 after they started one in 12 or three and 16. Um, they're still ranked near the bottom of the league in offensive efficiency. They're in the bottom five or six. So they, there's still so much upside for them to no and ground to go. They're 27th and three point percentage. And that's been dipping a little bit lately. Obviously those are, that's an area as well that CJ can make a huge difference. He's a, his track record is undeniable that he's done it year over year, not just the 20 points per game, but he's almost a career. He's slightly 40%. above or below 40% from three point range. So and that's
0: um, at a high volume too, Jim. Right. That's at a high right. volume. So we're yeah. not talking about a a uh, 39.5% three-point shooter shooting two or three threes a game.
1: Right, sure. You know, who's we're that?
0: talking about a guy who's not afraid to let that thing go, shoot 10 threes, you know, shoot mm-hmm. nine threes. There was a point where these two guys and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum were arguably the second best backcourt in the league Yeah. behind Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and maybe at the time behind a John Wall and a Bradley Beal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think... In terms of his stats, I think people get this confused a little bit. In terms of three-point percentage, there's such a difference between a, a guy who shoots 40% and it's only spot-up shooting. And like you said, the point that you made about volume, there's a massive difference between that and a guy who's shooting a ton of pull-ups, which are much more difficult than spot-up shots. And both CJ and Damian Lillard have done that throughout their career. So there's a, the difficulty of what he's been able to do is at such a higher level than somebody who really just comes in and, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. And there's guys that have made a ton of money off of standing in the corner and standing in one spot and catching and shooting. But um, his, his his versatility on offense, I think, is something that people are going to notice immediately. Um, we didn't even talk about this, his, his mid-range, that he's one of the best right. mid-range shooters in the league yep. as well, that like 18 to 20-foot uh, shot that he has. And one other quick thing, I know we're, we're, we'll be here all day if you guys let me talk forever, but uh, – the uh the, <laughs> nice the, the one boy. thing i was the one thing i was going to add about um my excitement about the trade and i made this p- comparison a little bit last night as well the only trade I, that i can compare this to in terms of the excitement of the fan base was the demarcus cousins trade and i think it was 2017 maybe um during that all star weekend and i think that was it, people's excitement and some of that was maybe more based on the marketing and the big name and the fact that Demarcus cousins had all-star appearances. Mm-hmm. To me, CJ is a better fit. Like this no makes question. so much sense from a basketball standpoint. He might not be as as well known as you know, a guy who's made multiple all-star games, but he's right at that level. And honestly, I think the only reason that he hasn't made an all-star game and maybe multiple because he's in the West. He's in the West and he's a guard. I mean, right. this this conference is is ridiculous with how many. Um, great guards you you have between Chris Paul and just the point guards. There's been like five or six great point guards, and then there's four or five great shooting guards every year. So he's been. I think I'd have to go back and look at the list, but I feel like within the last year or two, people said Mike Conley and C.J. McCollum were the players, the best players in the NBA who would never been an All Star game, and then Mike Conley made it last year. So I think you know C.J. McCollum probably is the guy. Who is the best player in the league that hasn't been an all-star? I'm not sure if the if the casual fan that doesn't pay close attention realizes that, but he's at a level that, you know, like I said, I think people will will realize immediately just how good this player is.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. And also shows you the type of shooter he is. He will be in three-point contest uh during the All-Star weekend. CJ McCollum will be representing the New Orleans Pelicans. That's Antonio Daniels, of course. Pelicans in Heat. We're hoping to see CJ McCollum and Tony Snell tomorrow night for that game, 6:30. You can watch it on Ballet Sports, New Orleans, and AD before I let you go. You want to add one thing?
0: Yeah. Jim, uh, pi equals 3.14. <laughs> um, just in case you were wondering, you know, pi equals 3.14 length times width times height. You know, just just – just to throw some more, just to throw some more math. But, how,
1: but how many man, men and a half does it take to calculate pie? That's what I want to know. No, no.
0: How many men and a half does it take to load up a floor on Brandon Ingram <laughs> or Zion Williamson? That's the question of the day.
2: Okay. All right. If a train leaves Portland at 8 o'clock and one leaves New what Orleans. What time does it get
0: to New Orleans? <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. That's how we're going to track CJ McCollum and Tony Snell getting here. And uh, Jen, we'll, we'll have you stick to the podcast bar. We'll, no math quizzes for you on the postgame show tomorrow. But, A.D., I Sounds appreciate good. the time. Make sure you watch Joel and Antonio and Jen Hale tomorrow, starting with pregame coverage of six Pelicans and heat should be a good one tomorrow night at the Smoothie King center. Always a pleasure, AD. I appreciate the time, my friend. For sure. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate you, Jim. Great stuff as always from Antonio Daniels television analyst for Valley Sports New Orleans. Uh, don't get to obviously hear him as much being on the radio, but again, just following on Twitter every night, so many compliments to Joel AD and Jen's crew there that uh, we're certainly lucky to have them in our organization. Jim, let's wrap things up here. And I know we've talked a lot about CJ McCollum, but there were two other players involved in the trade. And I think two guys that can contribute right away. Obviously Larry Nance Jr. will not be able to get on the court right away due to an injury. So right now it'll be CJ McCollum and Tony Snell heading to new Orleans, but when Larry Nance is healthy and obviously with Tony Snell, what can we expect from those two? What do they bring to the Pelicans?
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We talked about um, defending against Brandon Ingram and, you know, some of the tactics and strategies that other teams have used against him. He talked about after the game last night about Larry Nance, as far as the defense that he plays. And I I'm sure that he's had to match up against him at least a little bit, or at least had to contend with some of the times where Nance comes over and from the weak side and block shots and alter shots. So I think the players from what I gather, um, it doesn't surprise me at all, have a lot of respect for Nance as far as, just being a really good role player, rebounder, defender, really good athlete. Obviously, people know that his dad was one of the best players in the, of his era and a slam dunk champion. And Larry Jr. has been in the dunk contest as well. So um, I think he it, – it's funny. Understandably, everyone is going to focus a ton on C.J. McCollum. But I think as you get deeper into the analysis of this trade, when, when I talked about how I was surprised that they were the Pelicans were able to get – CJ McCollum because I didn't think he was necessarily attainable the fact that they got Larry Nance as well is such a that could end up being a really huge addition I know Josh Hart leaving is is a is a tough thing for everybody he's a really popular guy and we we all respect the heck out of what Josh did but I think Larry is not he's not the same type of player but I do think that he can add some of the same like role-playing hustle blue collar stuff that Josh Hart did so I'm looking forward to seeing him on the court and being able to see the ways different ways that he can contribute. I've always liked him as a player in the previous teams that he's been on. Um, in terms of Tony Snell again going back to the three-point shooting, his playing time to me has been pretty sporadic the last especially the last couple of years. but when he has gotten on the court, it, when he was in Atlanta last season he led the NBA in three- point percentage. I don't think he had enough shots to qualify they've changed the, the official like minimum requirements for that over the last few years, because players just shoot so many more threes. So it doesn't necessarily make sense to give a guy who made like 63 pointers in a season, the title. It, but I mean, in the, in the times that he's been on the court though, I mean, he's shown that he can stretch the floor. And even if he, he's been down a little bit three point shooting percentage wise this year with his playing time fluctuating a lot, but um, you have to guard him it's kind of like what people have said about Duncan Robinson in Miami this year, even though he hasn't shot well, no team is going to go out on the floor and be like, well, Duncan Robinson's only shooting 32% from three. So let's just leave him wide open. Like you're going to stay attached to him because you know that that's Tony Snell's best skill offensively. So um, if he gets to contribute, I think we'll see that as well, as far as what he can bring to the, to the court. So I mean, when you add up the whole package, I think, you know, I, I talked about how, McCollum is perfect for what they need but I do think overall with these three players they potentially addressed a lot of the things that have been lacking in some of the areas that they can continue to improve even though they've been getting a lot of wins lately even at the level that they've played lately offensively and from three-point range.
2: Before I let you go here obviously with the trade and especially with a guy like CJ McCollum who's been with one team throughout his entire career there's going to be an adjustment period I know everyone is looking for results right away and they still may get results right away. Because again, as AD said, CJ McCollum is a walking bucket. So he's going to be able to produce whether or not, you know, he needs to get adjusted or not. But I feel like there might be, you know, this is a great time on a five now five game home stand for everyone to get acclimated Um, supposed to come in tonight and then potentially play tomorrow. I would expect the learning curve a little bit as far as getting used to who he's playing with the coaching philosophy The routine's got to change. Remember, there's a human element to this, too. He has a newborn child, CJ, getting them all situated in New Orleans. So it should be an interesting five games, but I think we should expect a little bit of a a learning curve, don't you say?
1: Yeah, I think it's wise to say that maybe there needs to be a little bit of patience as we wait to see everything get integrated and put together. Um, I think the biggest challenge with this specific situation for him is that you're, you're always going to have guys that have to sacrifice shots because he's going to come in and I'm sure he's going to get X amount of shots that he did, which is well-deserved. I mean, based on his track record of being one of the best scorers in the league. So, but I think to the credit of the guys, we, it won't surprise us at all if everyone is totally fine accepting, you know, some of the, the changes in the offense and the distribution of how the ball or of shots and just the, you know, the touches and stuff like that is probably going to change, but I have no hesitation whatsoever to, to expect that some of these guys will all be cool with that as long as the team is winning. Um, But I think, I, I guess kind of the good news is that if there was ever a season where players had to do stuff on the fly, it's this one. So, I mean, before this trade happened, there was a stretch where Brandon Ingram was out for a while and then Josh Hart was out for a while as well. So, they're kind of used to having to plug in somebody different at that spot and, and adjust and have to just move forward and figure things out. So I'm happy to be able to adjust and have to figure things out with one of the best shooting guards in the league in, in McCollum. So I think uh, it's kind of a good news, bad news situation, but but I do think you're right as far as maybe you don't expect it to, to you know, click immediately, but it it probably won't take too long. Yeah, absolutely. Should be
2: an interesting one tomorrow night. A big game. You're facing the number one team in the East of Miami Heat, continuing the six-game homestand, looking for your fifth win in a row, which will be the longest of the season. A big thanks again to Antonio Daniels for coming on. And, Jim, I appreciate the time.
1: And uh, let's have some fun tomorrow. I'll see you at the arena. I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, this is going to be great, these last five games going into the All-Star break absolutely all
2: right you can catch Jim on the post game show tomorrow pelicans and heat tomorrow night 6 30 p.m central you can watch it as i mentioned on valley sports new orleans with joel myers antonio daniels and jen hale you can listen to it on ESPN new orleans 100.3 fm with todd Nini, john DeShazer, and aaron summers i'll have pregame for you at six o'clock our next podcast will be on friday as a welcome and andrew lopez of espn.com we'll go around the nba and get a full recap of the trade deadline after everything has settled down and talk about which teams surprise you, which teams uh, are clearly going for a rebuild, and, and how maybe the landscape of the NBA has changed after things happen tomorrow. Again, the trade deadline tomorrow at 2 p.m. Central Time. For Jim Antonio, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by Siki.